Hey, Kevin, come record the Drift app. Today's episode is brought to you by Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waders and boots to threads and feathers, Drift has it all. Check in on your website for the latest updates and policies regarding shopping during the pandemic. Curbside pickup for your online and phone orders is a great way to get the gear you need. And they're shipping for free across Canada on orders over 100 bucks. bucks, bucks. Visit DriftOutfitters.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to another episode of SoFly. It is uh, the middle of February and we're recording another show. Uh, my name is Mitch. We've got Aldo. Hello. And we've got Yelma. Hello, everyone. And uh, we're super excited to be talking to um, Gord Ellis today. Gord is a lifelong resident of Thunder Bay, Ontario, and a full-time journalist, a broadcaster, a pro angler, and a guide. Um, and he's also the senior editor of Ontario Out of Doors magazine, which you should absolutely grab the latest copy to read our article about Esnagami Lodge. Uh, but this is not about us. Gord is an angler, is, is a regular <laughs> on CBC's Radio Superior Morning um, and writes a monthly column on Ontario for the Northern Wilds magazine in Minnesota. He's written over a thousand feature articles and columns for publications. He's a longtime member of the Outdoor Writers of Canada and has won better than 25 national awards for his writing and photography. In 2018, Gord was inducted into the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame in Hayward, Wisconsin. But today he is on our podcast. Gord, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. Where, where are you calling in from? Thunder Bay? Thunder Bay, Ontario, where it's a, it's a balmy minus 35 this Whoa. morning. And, and it's been like that for about eight days. And uh, it's made for some wicked hibernation. But, uh, hey, it's, <laughs> you know, when you live in the north, it's part of the deal. You know, yeah, it's like fl- sure. flies in the summer, right? Uh, it's just uh, cold as cold as a thing in the uh, Northwest Ontario, so. Makes for some good ice fishing, though, I can imagine. It, uh, yeah, good solid ice right now. Yeah. Well, that's good. We have a Hall of Famer. This is our first Hall of Famer. Your Hall of Famer. So excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Actually, that happened about three years ago, and it was a really neat thing. It was nothing I ever thought would ever happen, but uh, a guy named Jay Dampier, actually, who's uh, originally from Nipigon, and then moved to Thunder Bay, and then ended up in Wisconsin. He's a uh, professor in Wisconsin, he went to the uh, Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame and uh, he sent me a message after he went and said, Gord, you should be in here. And I said, well, Jay, you're a lovely guy and everything. He said, no, you should be in here. So he actually nominated me and uh, got some other people to help out. And it's awesome. I got voted into the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, which is was a pretty surreal experience, let me tell you. Like, oh, I um, bet. Was it like a big event like that you went to? or? So, yeah. So, I went to uh, Minneapolis, and they, they had an induction ceremony. They do different ones around the – like, most of the inductees are in the States. Yeah. Um, I think I think that year I was the only Canadian, actually. There are some other Canadians. I, think, I believe Gord Pizer's in there, and, you know, probably Bob Azumi. But, right. Um, uh, so, they do different induction ceremonies in different parts of the States. And I went to a sports show in Minneapolis and they had an induction ceremony and they introduced you. And uh, there was other, a couple other people who were there as well um, for induction. 
and uh, you have to do a speech. <laughs> a whole thing. All these uh, industry people were there. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty fun actually. And it was uh, my my parents came and my wife came down. So it was a neat thing. Yeah, it was a great honor. And I mean, it's a very humbling thing. Yeah, absolutely. But, well, we have to go down there and check it out. Do you have like a picture on the wall? Like, how does it work? I have a little plaque. I have a plaque on the wall. Oh, nice. It says, you know, inducted into the National Freshwater Fishing awesome. Hall of Fame. And there's, I guess, at Hayward, they have an area where there's, you know, you're there. Yeah. And and uh, it's also on their website. They have a bunch of others. I've never actually been to Hayward. So it's on my list to yeah. uh, go down there and check it out. Apparently, it's quite the place. Pretty neat. Is it like, is there like amazing fishing there? Yeah. It's good. like, why is the. Fishing uh, yeah. Hall it's a, Hayward's like a musky musky oh. mecca oh, okay. it's, uh, right. it's really well known for its musky fishing so mm-hmm. in fact at hayward there's a giant musky that you can walk inside oh man and, like stand in its mouth <laughs> one of those things right <laughs> awesome. um nice. which is really cool but i so i have to go there and and uh, a, a few people that i've guided have been there and said oh yeah i know you got to check it out i mean it's, it's really cool oh, all man. sorts of work stuff i love it um well Okay, we're going to talk about, you know, all about your, your fly fishing life and how you got into fly fishing. But um, we also want to talk, obviously, about fishing and fly fishing around the Thunder Bay region um, and dive deeper into the brook trout of the Nipigon. Because um, we've heard all about, you know, everybody's heard about Nipigon brook trout. They're huge fish. They're incredible fish. And we've even talked about um, one trip to the Nipigon taken by some, uh, some former guests and friends of the show. Um, and they were just telling us stories about, you know, monster pike and just ridiculous pike fishing. And, of course, also some of the brook, the brook trout, which have just you know, completely, um, encapsulated us. But, um, you know, uh, apart from the Nipigon, we also want to chat a little bit about Superior and Lake Superior, cause we haven't really talked that much about Lake Superior, but, um, it'd be really cool to hear it. Cause you know, we've heard some stories about fishing Lake Superior and really, it sounds kind of like a, like a coastal ocean or something like mm-hmm. something so foreign to what we do here mm-hmm. in Toronto. Um, yeah. But before we get into all that, like I said, let's just jump into maybe a little bit about your angler, as your journey as an angler and, and your fishing kind of story. Um, so, like, how did you get into fishing? How did it all begin for you? I come from a long line of anglers. Uh, my father was a very, is a very keen angler. My father and mother are both still alive. And my uh, father still is my primary fishing partner at 82 years old. Oh, that's awesome. Um, oh, nice. He is... He is an amazing angler, um, an incredible person. Um, anyway, so I started extremely young. I mean, as soon as, before I could walk, I was fishing, basically. My <laughs> parents brought me out fishing. And, you know, my earliest memories are fishing. Uh, like going down to a creek, uh, either with my dad or with the friends and fishing for brook trout. There's a creek, I still live pretty close to it, called McVicker Creek, which is still a great cold water fishery, you know, 50 plus years later, um, I just had a passion for it. And as soon as I could fish by myself, I did. And I fished almost every day during the summer, I would go fishing and I'd go by myself or go with my brother or go with a buddy or with my dad or whoever. And I fished and, uh, everything about fishing excited me, uh, the water, uh, catching fish, seeing fish. I mean, I spent hours watching fish how they reacted, you know, throw a grasshopper in and see how a brook trout would come up and take it. Hmm. Um, I, I love bass. Uh, we have quite a few, we have quite a lot of bass fishing in Northwest Ontario. And uh, so I, I became quite the little uh, skin diver and would uh, watch bass underwater and, and oh, wow. you know, flip rocks over, for, you know, and get the mm-hmm. crayfish going and see how they reacted to it. And it was just, the whole thing fascinated me. 
Um, so I've always been an angler and, uh, and always was interested in multi-species. I mean, I'm primarily, uh, I try, I'm primarily a trout guy, but I spent uh, more than 20 years fishing bass tournaments up here. Um, did tons of bass fishing. Um, hmm. I love pike fishing. I musky fish, salmon. I, I, I fly fish, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I pretty much do everything I can fishing wise that I, and, and one of the cool things about Thunder Bay and Northwest Ontario is we have just about everything. Yeah. Right. And, and incredible fishing. Like, uh, even just in Thunder Bay, we have so much good fishing here. I, I could just stay here and fish. I don't, I go to nip again or Lake of the Woods or whatever yeah. too, but right. we have so much opportunity here. I, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm an ambassador for Northwestern Ontario. It is such a cool place to live if you're an angler. So anyway, so I've fished my whole life. Um, you know, the only really breaks I took, uh, you know, I spent some time going to school in London, Ontario, and there wasn't a lot of fishing. And um, But as soon as I could get back into it in my uh, early 20s, I was right back in. And then I sort of just ended up making a career out of it, at least in part, you know. Um, I created a career for myself mm -hmm. in, in, in the outdoors in a funny way. It's a pretty awesome way to make yeah. a living. Yeah. Yeah, it has been. I mean, it's been very, very, and I've worked very hard, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I've loved it. And I still love it. I'm still doing it. You know, I'm, of course. Yeah. Did the, um, when did the writing come along in terms of the, there, the fishing career? So, so I always, I always liked writing. In fact, um, I wasn't the greatest student necessarily, but I was pretty good at expressing myself. I can remember my record, report cards when I was in public school. It would, it would say, you know, I, uh, Gordon needs to pay more attention to class and he's not very good at math and, you know, <laughs> whatever, but he can express himself and he's, he's good at that and, uh, and, and writing. And that was always one of the things I was, I could do. And so that ended up becoming um, something I did, uh, you know, in high school, I wrote for the high school uh, paper. I did music columns, actually. I'm, I, I love music. That's oh, wow. my other big passion is music. Oh, nice. And I still write a music column here in Thunder Bay. Oh, that's um, awesome. You're preaching to the, you're, you're talking to a good, good little crowd here. I mean, I don't play any instruments, but, you know, I love, I love music. Well, <laughs> actually, have, I, we're all new music I actually have two, too. I actually have two guitars sitting here. This is, we're in my rec room and, and I sort of take it over with all my junk. But um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the, uh, the writing part of it, and uh, I always read fishing magazines. My dad bought Outdoor Life yeah. and Field and Stream mm -hmm. and Sports and Field. Those were the big three back mm -hmm. then. And I, I read them cover to cover. Uh, I mean, I, I was literally the kid under the covers, you know. Yeah. And then uh, I read Out of Doors actually when I, you know, when Out of Doors started. It started as a as a newsprint, um, basically a, a newspaper. I can oh. remember reading that, and reading, you know, people like John Kerr and all these, you know. And I was always interested. I never thought of it as a career. Um, and then sometime in the early '80s, there was a advertising advertisement for a field editor for a f new fishing magazine in Northwestern Ontario. And even though, you know, um, I was interested in the outdoors and everything, I didn't really think about applying. Everybody I knew told me I should apply for it. I think at the time I was working as a land surveyor. Oh, nice. Okay. So I applied for the job and I got it. And nice. I was, you know, in retrospect, I was so incredibly green. I knew nothing, mm -hmm. you know, like I was unqualified for the job. <laughs> 
I really was, yeah. except that I could fish. Aren't we all? And, and I had some, you know, very raw writing talent. Anyway, uh, the magazine only lasted a year. It failed, but I got the taste for it. And then I ended up starting to send articles out. I think I think I actually one of the first articles I sold was Outdoor Canada, which is amazing when I think back because yeah. I, I went from zero to 60 pretty quick. Yeah, and then I wrote for, I wrote for uh, Angler and Hunter, which was a publication at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got to know some of the people in the, in the industry through a group called Outdoor Writers of Canada. I would go to their uh, uh, go to the conferences, and mm-hmm. so I met Bert Myers and all these people in the industry. And then at some point, I ended up writing for Ontario Doors, and, and this is quite a while ago now, like in the early '90s. Mm-hmm. And that's been my primary magazine gig ever since. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do freelance to other magazines, but in Canada, except for I do write for uh, Quebec Magazine. They translate my articles, uh, Chasse Pêche. And I've oh, cool. done, oh, I've done cool. stuff for them for 20 years, which is really cool. I have a long-term relationship uh, with with that magazine. And, and they really like my stuff because it's mostly about brook trout. Mm-hmm. And brook trout right. in Quebec, brook, yeah. brook trout are the number one fish in Quebec, right? Yeah. They're, oh, they're yeah. the walleye of Quebec. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody here remember. fishes for walleye, yeah. Quebec, yeah. Brook, brook trout. trout. Yeah. That is Ontario's fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What... So... Uh, I mean, there's been all sorts of, and then the, the radio thing, because I've got a, had a long radio career, it started about the same time I started the outdoor writing because they brought me in to talk about the outdoors as a guest. And I remember at some point they were bringing me in constantly to talk about the outdoors. And I said to one of the producers, hey, can I get paid for this? <laughs> and they said, as a matter of fact, you can get paid for it. Nice. And um, <laughs> so I became a columnist, and then they actually started using me as a reporter, and I literally I posted and that's awesome. Yeah, done a whole bunch of stuff, but it's all you know, it all came out of that one thing. And my my primary gig still is even even at CBC. I'm you know my primary beat is outdoor stories. That's my strength, and right. uh, and and I you know I dig up the cougar stories and you know all that yeah. stuff. People yes. love you know people love those stories. Mm-hmm. They. The, the you know outdoor stories fascinate people, especially I think Canadians in particular, mm-hmm. and um, and Ontarians love good outdoor stories. They love a big fish story. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. they love cougar. They you know they want to believe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, on that note, you do have a piece in this month's or this month's right. Ontario yeah. Outdoors about the cougar caught on the trail cam, which is exactly. Pretty yeah, that adds a whole new story. dynamic to camping in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And uh, about, um, I think it was in 2017 was actually the first, uh, the first cougar, cougar carcass was found in Ontario. And I got that story. I scooped that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was found just Northwest of here. Um, and it wow. was an animal that did actually, they found out later it was stray from probably from South Dakota, they do that by DNA, oh. but it was in Ontario. It was in Northwestern Ontario. Oh, wow. And so we've had two sightings actually here in the last two months mm-hmm. on trail cam around Thunder Bay. Yeah, that's so that's pretty cool. And, and those Very are the stories. Cool. I mean, I get excited about those stories yeah. doing them. So yeah, that's, for sure. that's the journalism side of what I do, mm-hmm. but not uh, to get uh, cause it's obviously not the cougar podcast, but just one last thing. Uh, were, cougars, were cougars, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a cougar tangent. Let's right do now. it. A CT. Were cougars, uh, did they have a range in Ontario and then get hunted out, or is this new for Ontario? So it seems like they probably 
have been here off and on. You know, like Ontario, Ontario's wildlife has changed over time due to uh, not only way more humans, but uh, mm-hmm. logging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, logging really changed things. Like, you know, a lot of people don't realize that moose weren't really very common in Ontario until the forestry started. They actually came up from Minnesota oh, wow. and uh, populated oh, wow. Ontario as, yeah. And and there was way more deer here back in the day. And caribou were the primary right. species, you know. Yeah, that makes right. sense. So uh, there was probably some cougar around just like, you know, back in the day there was elk mm-hmm. in Ontario. And there's elk now because they've been reintroduced mm-hmm. primarily. But, yeah. um, you know, things change over time, right, depending on the habitat. And so I think there's probably always been some cougar around. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I swear I'm the only person in, in northwestern Ontario who hasn't seen a cougar. And I'm outside a lot. So, yeah. you know, even though I've been reporting on all these stories for years and years, you start thinking, mm. <laughs> but then there's been like, you know, when they're live on a trail cam on yeah. Highway 61, you know, 10 yeah. minutes west of Thunder Bay. How quick you, what can you say? That's right? pretty solid evidence, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. seriously. I remember years and years ago fishing a eastern a creek in uh, eastern Ontario here and um, for brook trout. And like I was, a, I was like a teenager and I'd heard rumors like really you know just mumblings of like the mnr releasing a couple cougars to keep right some rabbit or some populations down i was like in the woods like terrified <laughs> like constantly looking yeah. over my shoulder i was like i can't do this <laughs> i gotta get out of here because i'm a tasty the, uh, snack the, for a cougar the mnr releasing the cougar story is one that's been around for a long time and is know? it true or is it, is it i don't true? believe it's true i i actually remember hearing some of the guys saying they were air dropping them you know like <laughs> With like, what? can you imagine uh, seeing that you know, parachutes or whatever? And I don't players. think really there's a big budget in the MNR for, for airdrop dropping cougar <laughs> yeah. onto the landscape. That seems unlikely. But Operation <laughs> Operation Dumbo Drop, the sequel, yeah, exactly. is just as, yeah. filmed in Ontario as, dropping cougars into the water. As super cool as that would be, if that was true, <laughs> I don't think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that is interesting cool. to note about the about moose. Obviously, you know. Um, yeah what i'm um, 34 and growing up it was like moose was always just like part of the deal you know yes um yes. but uh but that's interesting and caribou wasn't mm-hmm. you know so it's right. like it's really it's really interesting to hear that yeah 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 it wasn't until i went you know to estagami lodge for example northern ontario yeah. where we heard caribou mm-hmm. are spotted sometimes it's like really wow yeah. okay like wow that's pretty sure. wild you know and, yeah. and and uh i've been to estagami I oh, was yeah? There, uh, yeah, I was there actually it was a long time ago. I went with my dad. Nice. And uh, we went down the river and oh, right on. we actually we actually found at least one spring hole that trip, which was pretty cool. Yeah. I think my dad found it. He was like I think he was like gonna have a little like swim in the river or something and he found a cold spot and uh, there was a bunch of brook trout oh, yeah. there but what a beautiful spot that is oh my oh, god it's crazy it's it's I mean, over there. if anybody's yeah. listened to the podcast with eric lund who owns Nestangami, he talks about those spring holes and yeah. uh, that's when he like kind of had the uh he knew it was beautiful and he knew that there was brook trout but when he found a spring hole with like 50 yeah. brook trout and he's yeah. like oh my, oh my god yeah yeah it, it's it's a little crazy special here <laughs> we went we actually went down the river with eric which was super cool Oh, nice. and, yeah, like and this is a long time ago, but I think he's he's the kind of guy. He's probably just as enthusiastic now about it. As oh he my, yeah, is he, oh, yeah. he ever? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like the first time he's ever like every day we went out with him. It was like the first time this guy had ever gone fishing, yeah. which obviously isn't true. Yeah, but like he just has that kind of excitement. Yeah, I know he's that kind of guy. So yeah, anyway, so it's a very cool place. Very cool. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Okay. So going back to, um, uh, to, to just leave the cougar talk and go back to Brooke Trout for a sec. Uh, you were saying, you were saying, you know, like growing up in Thunder Bay, you're, you're just like casually fishing Brook Trout and stuff like that. And Thunder Bay has got amazing fishing opportunities. And we all, you know, know Thunder Bay has got, of course, like you say, giant brookies, pikes, all those fish, but they're also like, I think they have like the kind of, um, profile just being huge fish, right? Like just being big wild fish for the most part. Um, is that, is that kind of true? Like around that region, is it just like the, the fish are just hardier, you know? You know, it's an interesting thing. I mean, we have a really harsh climate here. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's minus 35 out, you know, or whatever this, it's, cool. it's cold. Like, like, so we have a steelhead population that's naturalized on Lake Superior. They were stocked, mm-hmm. I think in the early 1900s mm-hmm. from West coast, uh, you know, fish. Mm-hmm. They've naturalized Lake Superior. Lake Superior is a harsh environment. It's harsher than Alaska. I, I mean, okay. Alaska's warmer on the coast than it is Thunder Bay. Like, I think probably wow. rainbow huh. trout here are right at the very edge of what they can handle. Mm-hmm. And yet they thrive here. And they're tough fish. I mean, um, like, I I love open water fishing as much as I, I do ice fish. But as soon as there's water, open water, I'm on it. So I'll be, like, shore casting on Superior when there's ice flows going by. Cool. And catching steelhead, you know, like Whoa. it's in open so water. Cool. Yeah, like there's chunks of ice floating around in it, yeah. you know. And these steelhead are smacking, mm-hmm. you know, like they're just they're just incredible. And we do get uh, pretty good ones. I got um, about a decade ago, I got a 33 inch steelhead uh, shore casting on Superior. It was a tank, and I didn't even realize how big it was. I brought it up at shore, and again, I was with my dad, and he said. How big is that thing? And I said, I don't know. It looks pretty big. And I got the tape out. It's 33 inches. I don't know what it weighed. I released it. Yeah. Big male. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, like, like that fish is probably really old too. Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, I wouldn't wouldn't know how old, but it'd be probably seven, eight, nine years old. Right. Um, and they, so we get pretty good sized steelhead here. Uh, you know, we have a big walleye, like huge walleye. I mean. Um, my biggest one is 34 inches caught in a lake that's uh, nice fish. maybe an hour and a half from Thunder Bay. It's an inland wow. lake. You know, it's not Bay of Quinty. It's an inland lake. And this thing wow. is 34 inches. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wow. a giant walleye. Yeah. And, you know, huge brook trout in the Nipigon system genetically. Genetically, I think they're just big. But then yeah. you have everything for brook trout. You've got the cold water. Mm-hmm. You have all tons of food. You have lots of elbow room. It's a it's a big river. Uh, mm-hmm. Lake Nipigon's huge, and then get into Superior. Um, it's just got everything they need, so they just grow big, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, we saw some strains of um, Nipigon brookies when we were up north one time at one of the hatcheries. Um, right. And then we were just like, "Whoa!" Like it's just like a different kind of brook trout, you know? They're just beefy. They They're just tough. Yeah. Once fish. they get to a, once they get to a certain size, yeah, they just look like something else. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, I mean, I love, I grew up catching small ones. I mean, you know, the ones I was getting bigger Creek and current river around here. I can remember uh, coming home on my bike. I caught a 13 inch brook trout in McVicker yeah. Creek. And to me, that was like old man in the sea material. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you know, I came home, it was on a stick and I showed my dad. And like, I just remember how excited it was. 13 inch brook trout. Yeah. Giant, right? Yeah. Um, so I grew up catching those and they're beautiful, but mm-hmm. you get on the Nipigon system, like you rarely catch, you know, 
13 incher. It's you know the ones you the ones you catch generally start at about 18 inches and work their way up. Wow. Yeah. It's not that they're not there, but sure. Yeah. They're hiding. You know, yeah. like they're yeah. just they're food. Yeah. Exactly. Low on the chain. Yeah. The little ones um, are food, so you don't see them. Yeah. Maybe we start with uh, Superior because I'd love to know. Like, like I said, we've never we have never fished. I, I mean, I don't know if no, you guys, no. I, I have never fished Superior. We've never fished it together, uh, but we've been hearing a lot about it. Um, you know, over the last few years, what what is the like? What are the fishing opportunities like on Superior? Like, what is it sort of like? Do we have to have a boat? I know you said you were fishing from shore. Like, is there good fly fishing ops? Um, what are kind of the the what's the whole Superior experience? Well, Superior is huge, obviously. Yeah. I mean. This goes without saying. <laughs> yes, and it really, really is. And I mean, we live um, here in northwestern Ontario. We live on the most, the wildest part of Superior. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. if you just go across the border in Minnesota, west of here, the entire shoreline of Superior is built up right down right. the right down the coast. Like there's houses and wow, hotels and jeez. Obviously, Thunder Bay is on Lake Superior, and right. then there there are quite a few. Like my parents live on Lake Superior down down the shore, so there are quite a few homes and cottages. But there's huge swaths of they're absolutely wild. I mean, mm-hmm. really pretty unchanged from you know before Europeans set foot. Mm-hmm. So um, you have a really unusual and cool fishing experience when you're out there. I mean, it's yeah don't you know there's not a lot of people around access isn't great on a lot of the spots there's a a couple parks that are on the lake that are really remote uh pakasa parks one of them like Mm -hmm. uh, wild it's a wild fishery Mm -hmm. Uh, the lake itself has pretty much everything um so the the primary native species are lake trout Mm -hmm. brook trout whitefish those would be uh you know probably the three natives char or salmonids and then you have walleye uh, perch pike mm-hmm. uh, in some of the bays there's bass okay any interesting tributaries on uh, there's tons of tributaries yeah. i mean um, you know the coastal opportunities the rivers and they vary widely like there's a lot of trout water freestone water mm. that are you know incredible steelhead rivers and and you know brook trout come up them in the spring and and, and we have salmon too by the way we have chinook salmon we have coho salmon and pink salmon, and those are obviously all introduced from the West Coast, mm-hmm. yeah, and rainbows steelhead introduced yeah. from the West Coast. They're all naturalized. They're all uh, awesome. thriving, spawning. Yeah. Uh, native. They're okay. wild fish. You're you know you're catching a chinook up here. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's a wild fish. There is some. There is one hatchery uh, that puts some fish out. I've never caught a hatchery chinook myself, but they've all been wild fish. Mm. Yeah. And so that's really, you know, that's really interesting yeah. that they've because that yeah. so that's an interesting point to touch on that uh, you know those those populations have have naturalized. I mean, you're describing fishing on ice flows for steelhead. Kind of sounds like you're fishing for char and yeah. Nunavut. Yeah, that sounds yeah. sound pretty extreme. Do yeah, you find that uh, so there, there's no there's no more steelhead stocking, so it's all naturalized. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there hasn't been steelhead stocking here in uh, years and years. Now, the funny thing about Superior, you know, I'm talking about, you know, there's no stocking here, but of course, you know, across the pond, there's Michigan and Wisconsin and uh, Minnesota, and they do, they stock some funky stuff. Like they actually stock splake in Lake Superior. Um, They stock brown trout. And so we get those sometimes, like, 
every once in a while I'll be, you know, fishing for coaster brook trout mm-hmm. and I'll hook this fish and I'll come in, I'll look at it and well, that's weird. And it's a splake. Yeah. That's so huh. weird. It was a splake probably stocked in Michigan, you know, right. okay. strayed. Wow. A hundred miles or whatever, yes. and come up the coast, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. or across the lake, and yeah. and every once in a while somebody catches a brown trout here. Um, oh wow! And you know, there's not a lot of them, but somebody say, yeah, yeah, I was you know out down rigging in uh, Little Trout Bay, and I got a brown. So wow. the odds are Thanks. that brown uh, comes from you know mm-hmm. Wisconsin or yeah wherever and there you know like there's just string that goes on too and and also uh, minnesota used to stock um what they called loopers which were a strain of domestic rainbow called cam loops that come from cam loops huh. british columbia okay are uh, very loopers. very hatchery friendly fish they had stocked them basically almost as a put and take in minnesota and we would catch them like uh we'd catch loopers and you could almost always see tell that there was a looper because a it had a clipped fin, and also right. it was very tended to be uh, early in the season, and they'd be really kind of fat and dark. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so they were straying from Minnesota up onto wow. our rivers. Wow. Jeez. So it's a really diverse fishery, and depending on where you are in the lake, uh, there's some there's phenomenal fishing. Like um, there's some incredible warm water fishing in some of the bays. There's a bay called Black Bay, which is uh, just west of uh, east, sorry, east of Thunder Bay. It's a huge bay. It's quite unlike most of Lake Superior in that it's relatively shallow, and it has an incredible warm water fishery. It's mm. it's different. It's yeah. it's like Lake Erie or something. It's got right. tons mm-hmm. of walleye, perch, huh. huge pike, huge pike, and like um, and bass. Lots and lots of smallmouth bass. Yeah. So yeah. you can go there and just it's. It's just such a different fishery than the next bay over, which is Nipigon Bay, mm-hmm. where you're into trout and salmon and, and right. brook trout. And there are some walleye and there are some pike and stuff, but, you know, it's quite a different fishery. Uh, right. And this is all on Lake Superior Shore. You know, it's, uh, yeah, depending so on like the... warm water yeah. is kind of the outlier. Yeah, then. Warm, yeah, water warm water is the outlier. And, and it That's creates cool. just mm-hmm. a, yeah, it's it's a really cool thing. <laughs> yeah, And it's, like and it's really exploded. The uh, the black bay fish has really exploded because it was heavily commercially fished for years and years and years, and that stopped about 15 years ago for different mm-hmm. reasons. And the the bay is just booming, like it's just booming with fish, and the pike wow. fish is off the charts, like giant giant pike. Yeah. So like uh, it's, <laughs> some right. of the and I mean I've I've fly fished quite a few places. I've been up I've been you know the Casbah Lake up in. Territories. I've been to northern Manitoba. I've been northern Saskatchewan, fishing for pike, fly fishing for pike. I've never seen better than mm-hmm. you know forty minutes from my door. Oh, that's oh, geez. honestly. That's All right, awesome. so uh, see you this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, ice fishing side tangent. Is that kind of like do you spend a lot of ice fishing time there, like on Superior, just fishing the different? Yeah. So I, I I do the ice fishing. Well, it's easy because um, you know it's right at our doorstep. Yeah. And, and it's a, there's a really quite a good fishery on Lake Superior. There's tons of lake trout. Yeah. Uh, there's whitefish. Uh, herring are actually become quite a popular fishery. On Black Bay, there's a big perch fishery that's developed that uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, barely existed because there wasn't very many perch. Now there's two outfitters that run off of Black Bay for winter wow. perch. And it's quite awesome. good perch fishing. It's pretty cool. But yeah, and, and you can get, I mean, you get steelhead through the ice. Uh, so I do a bit of it. Steel I mean, I used to the ice. 
Yeah, steal it through the ice is a, <laughs> it's, quite a it's a trip. Like they, it's a trip. <laughs> they, uh, they're uh, they're hard fighters, and I mean they just come in like a freight train. Yeah, you know? yeah, I bet. So so yeah, so I, I'll ice fish Superior. I grew up ice fishing a ton on Superior. Like I, I've caught hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of lake trout over the years. I don't do as much ice fishing as I used to. I'm wimpier now than I used to be. Like um, I used to go at minus thirty and all yeah. that. Stuff. Yeah, I have less of a stomach for that now for some yeah. reason. And lots of there was lots of adventures tied in with that too. Yeah. You know, snow machines that wouldn't run, yeah. machinery that wouldn't start, getting stuck in the slush, trucks that wouldn't start. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I still know? do it, but it's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, less of an appetite to try and fix. I, I, I have enough. In the I have enough period. adventure stories for a lifetime. So <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So now it's just more about getting out and enjoying. Yeah, it. I, I do love. I still do love getting out, and and you know you can only. Be inside so long, like you need totally. vitamin D in your eyes. Yeah, you need some fresh air. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Especially these days, yeah. it's like. Especially these Stay days, out. yeah. It's been, it's been, <laughs> it's been a little. It's been a little. Obviously, everybody's experiencing. Yeah. It's been even weirder, you know, because we are actually we're in lockdown here in Thunder Bay right now. Um, right. Yeah. We're going to come out of it this Tuesday, I believe, but Tuesday to the red zone, mm-hmm. but right. limited limited human interaction. You know, and uh, yeah, right, yeah. What are cases like in Thunder Bay? Like, is it kind of high? It's right it's now? spiked. Yeah, it's spiked. Yeah. Actually, um, it's a little higher than it should be for sure. Um, yeah. We had uh, outbreak in the jail and the long term care homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're not we're not out of the woods by any stretch. Yeah. I know we're in, like we're in downtown Toronto. I'm like looking at the grass. I'm like, this is what this is it for the rest of the year, man. We're not going anywhere. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah. These aren't exactly low here. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. So it's, I mean, the the one good thing is the outdoors has been, uh, you know, yeah. I can remember in the spring when COVID first hit, um, the first time I went fishing, I just went by myself and it just yeah. felt so good, mm. you know. Yeah. Like I've been yeah. inside for like three weeks straight or four weeks yeah. straight and just, it, it, it just helped me so much mentally helped me so much to get out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember so my no, first, when, oh. yeah, no, you go yeah, no, I actually was with Aldo, um, and calling in and letting my boss know, listen, I got to go out to the, to the river. And that was, <laughs> yeah. And just going out and being there during this time was, was just so, so good. So yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Trout open, trout opener was definitely a, a big men- mental yeah. health, uh, <laughs> yeah, saver. <laughs> mental health save savory yeah. yeah and actually the first time we ever, like i hung out with anybody last year was at asnagami mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Wow. i think so i mean like aside from on the river like that was yeah. the first time i actually interacted with humans yeah. which was June. yeah same we're recording <laughs> this right now um valentine's day actually happy valentine's day, right, valentine's yeah, day. exactly <laughs> <laughs> i washed the dishes for my wife this morning she was very excited <laughs> nice. I, I did the same last night yeah i i don't have anybody uh, so you didn't have to wash the dishes. <laughs> exactly. See, that's a positive spin. It's a positive spin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know February fourteenth. Definitely looking it forward is. to Esnagami. Um, going. I'm, I'm. I'm really. I'm. Superior is just so uh, foreign to me and 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 foreign to us. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of 
where in relation to Thunder Bay's Nipigon, because obviously we've done a show about Nipigon. We had two of our good friends, Matt and Nick, and they did the lake. They primarily focused on the lake, so maybe we can chat right. about the river. Um, yeah. Anything I've ever seen, let's say the new fly fisher or, or in Ontario Outdoors magazine, you know, that river seems mm-hmm. daunting to me. <laughs> like, uh, obviously you need a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe you can start of like, where is the Nipigon? And like, what you know, how does it flow into... Um, how does it flow into Superior? And like, what's going on in the Nipigon River okay. specifically? So I'll give you the thumbnail sketch. Um, okay. So the Nipigon River is about 120 clicks east of Thunder Bay on okay. Highway 1117. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Highway 1117 is the only artery that uh, goes down the shore. There's no north route. And it, and it goes across the Nipigon River Bridge. So all the traffic in Canada has to go across the Nipigon River Bridge. Right. Um, so yeah. if the Nipigon River Bridge goes out, everything stops. And a couple of few years ago when they were working on it, there was a problem and it did stop for like a day or something. And trucks were backed up for miles. Uh, oh, but anyway, so so uh, Lake Nipigon is this huge, huge lake. It's about, um, I'm going to say 70 miles high by about 40 miles wide i don't know what that is in kilometers it's like 120 kilometers high or something big it's a huge lake there's hundreds of islands in it maximum depth i think is like 540 feet man um very little human habitation on it there's like a couple small communities that are really small there's not a lot of access limited cottages Mm -hmm. i mean like when you look at how big that lake is and the number of cottages on it, it's there's like dozens, right. and it's this monster lake. Mm-hmm. Most of it is now a, a, a provincial reserve around it, so there's like a green strip around the lake, so it won't be developed. That's good. Um, just to give you an idea how cold it is there, there's sixty six zero frost free days on Lake Nipping. Mm-hmm. So wow, what? It's sort of permanently cold. Um, okay. <laughs> wow. It's it's an incredibly uh cold, pristine, cold <laughs> lake. It's yeah. relatively sterile, although it, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's actually smelt in it that were introduced. Um oh, no herring and uh you know, there's food there, but as compared to a lot of other places, it's a pretty sterile environment. That's great. Um it's an, a phenomenal yeah. place. Like it's a magical place. Yeah. And uh, clean and pristine people do fall on. It is clean and pristine and, and it has, and, and it has the world's greatest trout fishery. It has unbelievable lake trout fishing, giant Mm. lake trout, incredible pike fishing. Like, I mean, you can go to one bay on Lake Nipigon and potentially catch three personal bests in one day within Mm -hmm. a few hundred meters, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's quite seriously like, I mean, almost everybody I guide gets their personal best of at least brook trout and pike. Um, How does Nipigon Bay on Superior contrast with or compare to Nipigon, Lake Nipigon? So that's where the mouth is? Yeah. So I'll link. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll link it together. So you have Lake Nipigon and then the river comes out of Lake Nipigon and Mm -hmm. the Nipigon River is the largest tributary to Lake Superior. So. 
of all those rivers all around Lake Superior, and there's some huge ones like the Pick River and Michigan. Nipigon is the biggest. It is a huge river, and it is daunting. Like that, it is daunting. I mean, it took me years to even feel comfortable fishing there. Uh, and I mean, I've been really? fishing it for ages. It is, and in the last few years, it's been as high as I've ever seen it, which is, you know, it's like an ocean almost. Yeah. Um, and well, then, so all that water goes into Nipigon Bay. And then Nipigon Bay is this humongous bay that mm-hmm. um, stretches quite a ways out. It's hard to describe unless you look at a map, but it's a giant bay. Yeah, looking, it's got yeah. hum- these really large islands in it that the islands have multiple lakes on them that you can fish in oh, wow. theoretically. And I have, um, that's cool. Like it's just humongous it water. Me of like Bay of Quinney or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge water. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah. and, and it, it can get really rough and Lake Nipper can get really rough. That's the other thing about these big bodies of water. Um, they can right. be unpleasant in the wind, you know, um, you have to be, yeah. you have to be ready for, I, I have a great respect for, these waters, I'm very careful on them mm-hmm. because I've had some, you know, it's kind of scary situations. You know, seeing the face of God experiences a few times, and yeah. um, you have to be really, really careful. That being said, you know, uh, it's worth the effort in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the other thing is, too, uh, it's hard, you know, like the Nipigon River is a little tricky for somebody who just like backs their boat in and says, let's go fishing for right. a number of reasons. There's rapids in the river. Uh, yeah. There are, you know, trees and rocks and mm-hmm. stuff um, and a lot of current. It's, you know, it's not easy fishing. And and the other thing is, like, we haven't talked about fly fishing yet. This is not easy fly fishing. Like, really? it's, not, it's not spring, you know, it's not mill stream fly fishing. You're, yeah. you're fishing heavy gear. Uh, it's a lot of sinking lines generally, a lot of chuck and duck. Um <laughs> Deep but that's water. just the nature of the beast, uh, you know. Right. Like, it's just big, heavy water, big fish, and yeah. uh, you're using big gear. Did you get a steelhead run up the Nipigon as well? Yeah, so there is a steelhead run. It's not a it's not a huge run for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. Hmm. There are there are steelhead there. Um, it used to be bigger. There there are you know there are some things that have happened in Superior in the last few years, largely because this one bay called Black Bay, which I've already mentioned, has boomed and come back so much. It seems like there's been some impact on some of the cold water fish, especially steelhead, because of the amount of uh, walleye and perch and pike. And it's had some detrimental effect to steelhead. That being said, you can catch steelhead in the Nipigon River for sure. You can catch everything. You can catch salmon year-round in the Nipigon River. Huh. It's the weirdest thing, and they're spawning. Mm. You'll catch salmon in April that are dropping eggs, which I don't oh. understand. Mm. Um, and yeah. you'll get silverfish. Um, get them all summer. I catch them in July. You know, um, the biggest run is in the fall, mm. but there's always salmon in the Nipigon River. Uh, there's pike in the Nipigon River. There's walleye. The walleye fishery is closed on uh, Nipigon Bay and in the Nipigon River. But there's quite a few of them there. They've been coming back. Um, it was at one time a huge fishery, but again, commercial fishing and other things knocked them right. down. They're uh, rehabilitating walleye, so there's and they're native there. They're native walleye, but some huge ones, absolutely huge ones. Seems like um, all that's missing is grayling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's uh, it's it's quite a quite a fishery. Lake trout come up the Nipigon River out of Lake Superior in the springtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, cool. I've caught you know like 38 inch 
lake trout in the river. Jeez. Mm, is that where but, the guide is that where the guiding culture kind of a lot of guides on there or like if you go to th- let's say, you know, if one of our listeners wants to go fish Thunder Bay and catch, you know, massive brook trout, are we going to the Nipigon or or where where are the Probably, guides? yeah. Um and and there aren't a lot of guides, there are some guides, but be- because the Nipigon requires a boat and right. things like that, it's a little bit different than, you know, um say you're guiding on the Grand River or something. It's of not course. really a wait. It's not really a wading fishery. Yeah. So like, like I run two boats in the summer and they're big, you know, like because it's <laughs> big water. Yeah. 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 Cause you're guiding as well. Yeah. I guide in the summer. I've, I've guided, this will be my eighth year. I never guided until 2013. I never had any interest in it. I didn't want to do it. And then um, yeah. a guy named Ray Rivard who owns Quebec Lodge, which is located close to Nipigon. It's in a community called Red Rock, which is not far from Nipigon. It's really cool old lodge built in the thirties. Um, yeah. He's been, he'd bugged me for a couple of years. He'd see me at outdoor shows and say, Hey, you know, you should guide. And whatever. And I go, no, I don't want to guide. Yeah. Um, and so finally, like Ray's a really persistent guy. And, uh, and he, he said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, you know, try it. And if you don't like it, I won't bug you anymore. Or something, words to that effect. Now, that yeah. sounded like a good deal to me. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I tried it and I liked it. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, it's it's rewarding. Am, it's uh, definitely rewarding. I I find it very rewarding. I and you know what I find the most about it is seeing somebody catch their first giant brook trout and seeing and reliving that experience of just like mm-hmm. like having an out of body experience when you've caught a twenty five inch brook trout, and mm-hmm. I get to see that almost every week. Mm-hmm. You know, every time um, you catch a brook trout, is it? Does it feel like your first time catching a brook trout? Because that—that's how I feel. Well, I, you know, I some of the some of the people fish with me will say yes because I do get very excited still, mm-hmm. and I I love it. But I get more excited seeing somebody else mm-hmm. catch a big one and seeing them excited and watching them let it go because it's a catch and release fishery. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, right. You can, you are allowed to keep one over twenty two, but we do, I don't I don't allow mm-hmm. any kill. Yeah. Um, and most, most of the guides don't, and actually most of the anglers don't really. And that's yeah, made a I mean, huge, a huge thing. difference on the system. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just changed the system. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started totally. fishing the nip again, it was a five fish limit and, uh, there was no brook trout. Like it was terrible. Really? It was a terrible fishery. And sometimes I have to remind it's people. so interesting come up to hear. Go, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a long, long story, which I won't go into, entirely right. but basically it was a long-term rehabilitation from mm. um the 80s until about the 90s where a whole bunch of changes happened there was a change to the regulation uh, lowering the slowly lo- lowering the regulation and then finally coming on to uh, there was a committee that was formed i was on it but a bunch of other people were on it too where it became a one fish limit and it that fish had to be over 22 inches and the reason was because a 22 inch brook trout has spawned three times so okay theoretically okay. if you want to harvest a brook trout that fish has already spawned three times so you've got three spawns out of it right um, in in my estimation i still want them to spawn yeah two more times or whatever of course and and it's such a rare thing like yeah there's just nowhere else you can go and yeah. and do what we do at the nip again so accessibly mm-hmm. anywhere i mean and i fish for brook trout all over there's nowhere else where you i mean i put an 18 foot boat in mm-hmm. yeah. and uh catch you know 20 inch plus brook trout every day 
Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's like, it's well, that incredible. Is in, that's, so, incredible. Is the, so you started fishing it in the 80s. You start... Early oh, 80s, our, yeah. Early 80s. You started fishing yeah. in the 80s. It's a terrible fishery. Yeah, it was horrible. Some, some you know, regulations go in. You could say now it's pretty much catch and release. Pretty much. Yeah. So some, I'm going to shout out. I'll, I'll shout out a yeah. couple people who made a huge difference. One is a guy named Rob Swainson, who's now retired. He worked for MNR. He actually came from southern Ontario. He had grown up fishing the Algonquin area. Um, became a biologist, came to NIP again, and was shocked at how crappy how terrible yeah. the Nipigon system was being managed. Oh, okay. And also how terrible the brook trout fishing was. Like hydro, there's three hydro dams on the Nipigon River. And those hydro dams had full control over the system and could do whatever they wanted. And it was fluctuating the river, like you'd be six, eight mm-hmm. feet a day and it was erosion. And uh, what was happening, the worst thing that was happening is that they were dropping the water super low after the brook trout spawn and killing all Oh my God! Not just the brook trout, but everything. Like but all had... the spawn was being high, was high and dry in Lake Nipigon too. So huh. Rob, with help of other people, um, but mostly Rob spearheaded it. I went to Hydro and said, "Look, we got to fix this. You know, like mm-hmm. this can't happen." And uh, uh, and so that there's been a, a wow, that's a lot agreement of with Hydro that's been in place for quite a while now. That's made an incredible difference. And then the change in the regs was huge. But, and, uh, you know, right. moved towards a catch and release mentality mm-hmm. where, you you know, people appreciate it. Um, you know, this is such a unique fishery. And uh, and it's, it's really made a huge difference. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's a super success story. It really is. And it's spread like, so that success story in the Nipigon River has spread throughout, has meant that coasters have boomed throughout. Um, the North Shore List period because the regs all the same for the whole coast. It's a one oh, okay, cool, too. great. So it it was a meat fishery. Like when I was yeah. a young man, I I can remember people like that was derbies oh. and people with like empty coolers of brook trout out. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. Like I, no, remember I know you're not. <laughs> just like pour them out, <laughs> and I just like I was stunned. I'd never seen such big brook trout, and then, you know that those are that those days are gone. You know, like that's good. So that's a great it, story to hear. You know, you don't always hear stories like that. No, it's, it's it nice really, it, it's a, it's a tremendous story and, yeah. uh, you know, and, 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 and the fishing's just getting better, you know, it, yeah, it that's really great. is. Awesome. It's when, um, maybe, maybe hard to target, but when did you notice, was there a season where you're like, wow, it's better, you know, was it like year 2000 or something? You're like, okay, we can start seeing, we're starting to see some returns here. The, uh, because brook trout are fairly short-lived, like a brook trout generally only lives six, seven years. So okay. they okay. they can turn over pretty quick. Um, I can remember it improving. You know, I started fishing in the early 80s. In the, and even in the early 90s, it was starting to get better. But I really saw a huge difference probably about 10 years ago when all of a sudden... Um, it's just like the average size was just right. like we were catching so many fish Bigger. that were unusually large. And then three years ago, um, I saw the next step where I'd never caught, I'd never caught a brook trout over 25 inches or seen anybody else catch one. And I put three fish over 25 inches in my boat in one year, which was just yeah. like huh. catching three unicorns, you know, like yeah. right. for me anyway. And that to me was a sign that, okay, well, we've, we've gone over to the next level of, you know, we're, we're getting really old fish now that are, you know, seven, eight, 
maybe even nine years old. They're just, they're Very just giant. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see that paying off. And then people can actually see, you know, like reap the yeah. rewards and see it's working and all that stuff. Yeah, it's well, great... we got to, I mean, we got to go fish out. We got to go fish out that way for sure. It's really nice to hear about, mm -hmm. um, you know, all the opportunities out there. Um, yeah, it's cool because, you know, the first time we had a show about the Nipigon, it was, it was, you know, about the lake and about pike mainly. And so we, mm -hmm. yeah. to, we know we, you know, obviously have heard the stories of the famed brook yeah. trout. So it's cool put little bit of uh, context mm -hmm. and, and history yeah, behind uh, that fishery because and it's a success story which of course is always inspiring you know um, especially because brook trout are so special to I, I'd hope you know I know they're special to people in Quebec they're definitely special to us um, yeah. you know they are uh, you know one of our native trout so mm -hmm. um, yeah. well and, and I'm sure you know this but the world record was caught in the Nipigon River the world record brook yeah. trout yep. in 1915 um, a doctor yeah, named Dr. Cook yeah. uh, caught it he was from what was then Fort William which is now Thunder Bay uh, mm. Port Arthur and Fort William became Thunder Bay okay. and uh, yeah and that is one of the oldest standing records like i mean it's over i think it's 106 years old now that record yeah um, how big was the fish it was uh, 14 and a half pounds <laughs> pretty big. Pretty big, <laughs> it was uh i'm going by memory here i think it was 31 and a half inches wow long. jesus wow yeah a so char, you know like you know it was a huge and even then even then it was considered unusually large and right. it was sent away to Ottawa, an ichthyologist identified it as a brook trout because even in 1915, yeah. people went, "What the heck? Like this isn't a brook trout. That yeah. cannot be a brook trout. It's too big." Yeah. And it was. Yeah. It was a brook trout. You know, like since then, people said, "Oh, it was a splake." Well, no, it was identified by a scientist yeah. in 1915 as a brook trout. So you I can't change, you can't change history, folks. Yeah, can't change it. I love that. Probably um, put the fish on a train. Yeah, to exactly. Ottawa. Oh yeah, no, it was a. <laughs> the it, prime I mean, ministers overseeing you know, the whole thing. <laughs> um, like, there's actually a newspaper clipping, you know, from back then, you know, with a picture of the fish. It was a big deal. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the tie downs over it and the tarp like. Calm, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, and and I mean, in those days, like how they fished the river, there was no dams. It was just a wild river. Uh, it was just yeah. white water. So they would do these like canoe trips where you would train up to Lake Nipigon, take a steam train up to Lake Nipigon, and then you go down the river, you'd have two native guides in a canoe and and the angler would be in the middle. Yeah. And they would, you know, canoe or portage down back to Nipigon. So that fish probably before it was weighed, it'd probably been out of the water for a couple of days. Fishing back then must have been so <laughs> wild, eh? Like that was Well, like... it was a different thing, right? You know, like oh, yeah. it was uh you know, it was a big adventure. Okay. adventure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, big adventure. The, the the pictures in the there's actually video because the last dam didn't go in until 1956. So there's actually quite a bit of film of the old river. If yeah. you go on YouTube and just type in like Nipigon historic Nipigon River, you can see it. It's there. Oh, uh, it's just incredible to see what that river looks like. There's not a lot of white water on it now. There's some, but it was a wild, wild river. Jeez, hmm. very awesome. cool. Um, okay, Gord, we do uh, the segment in the show Whoa. called Mitchie's Fishies 5 every single um, episode, and it's the same five questions we ask every guest, and they're kind of just like favorite or best or, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, what's your favorite this? Yeah. What's your best that? Uh, but there's five of them, and uh, so we're going to ask you them now. They're all about fly fishing. Uh, but the first one is, what is your favorite fish and why? If you had to pick a favorite fish, what would it be? Well, as we just talked about it, I'm a brick <laughs> guy. That's not a shock, and... Um, mm -hmm. 
and it's not because they're the best fighters because they you know they can fight really well but you know they're no steelhead they're no chinook yeah. um it's just the pristine places that they live yeah and also they're all different like that's the other thing about brook trout like they're like snowflakes they're yeah. all different yeah. you know like you can catch one that's round and very colorful like a clown and the next one will be long and skinny and silvery and they're the same species you know i just mm -hmm. find that fascinating that they're all so different so mm -hmm. i'm a brick joke guy it. i love it right now i thought you were gonna surprise us by like a gar or something like that <laughs> I was like oh we've just been talking about brook trout for an hour burbot. i like gar burbot yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm a big burbot fan you know <laughs> what can i say no i'm pretty um, boring <laughs> no, i love that brook trout is not a boring fish 100%. that's for sure no it's awesome. not yeah. no there yeah. they, a lot of people get uh, very fired up oh, about yeah. Brook trout. oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah um, number two of Mitch's Fishies Five is if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, uh, where would you go and why? Assuming it's the best time of year to go to that place, it's the best time of the season. Assuming there okay, is well, no I'm, ex place. I'm going <laughs> to exclude my home waters because that's an easy answer. I really, yeah. I've been to BC quite a few times over my life, and uh, Langara Island up on the uh, north point of uh, the queen charles is one of the most magical places i've ever been to i would love to go back there i haven't been there in about a decade and i miss it it is just phenomenal or at least last time i was there it was phenomenal i mean coho fishing uh, the oh, chinook yeah. fishing uh the whales and the dolphins and oh, the cool. air and yeah uh, uh, there's just something really wild and magical about it and uh, yeah. i would love to get back there before i kick the bucket see yeah. what happens yeah. Any plans to go out there maybe in the next? I, you know what? I haven't made any plans. Like one of the things, yeah. one of the problems with guiding is I used to travel a lot and guiding yeah. really, once you get into the guiding game, you don't really travel anymore because your summer is spent yeah. guiding. Mm -hmm. um, but I have a son who's talking about moving out to BC. So that may be my, Hey, there you go. That may be the open door to uh Good idea, son. Getting... <laughs> I have, I'm not fighting him on it. Uh, lots what about of... this? What about this? Moving to this part of BC? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no. BC is a beautiful province, and there's just so much cool fishing there. It's there's it really oh, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Langara Island. Love it. Love, Love it. it. Um, okay. Number three is what is your best or one of your favorite fishing memories from over the years? One of your favorite memories. Oh. It's always a tough one because there's so many. Or just know? the first one that pops into your head. The, well, <laughs> okay, so I'll go back to brook trout. The first time I ever caught a giant brook trout was in 1989. I'd been, uh, so I'd been fishing the Nipigon for about six years. And I and I was on Lake Nipigon and, and uh, we found this area on the lake, on the lower part of the lake that uh, had big fish. And we'd had a, we'd spent hours trying, days trying to find any brook trout on Lake Nipigon. It's not always easy. And mm -hmm. he, back then there wasn't as many fish. Anyway, I ended up hooking this fish. And actually, and I'll never forget it. I cut it on uh, a most pattern, except I cut it down to look like a muddler. But it was huge. Okay. It was, and it had like a short hook on it. It was just a gigantic fly. Yeah. I, fishing that fly, and I remember that brook trout coming up and eating it. And then, and I knew that was the biggest brook trout I'd ever caught yeah. and fighting it and being so excited. And my partner landed it and uh, we went to shore and took some pictures of it. And then I let it go. And it was like, I was on heroin for two days after that. 
I was so high <laughs> yeah. from excitement. Yeah. Like, and I really was like, I was phoning yeah. my friends, you know, like it yeah. was going to people's houses and telling them about it. It was just crazy. It's like <laughs> in a religious experience. And that was a 25 inch brick shot. It was, oh, uh, you know, it was just, it was the culmination of my childhood yeah. dreams, you know? And so I've always, that's always stuck with me. And it was on top, top water, a top water, you said. Or like submerged? Well, or... it was, it, it was a it little was under the water, but it was a stuff. huge fly. Like, I mean, I look back and I actually still have the fly and yeah. it's very crude. It? You know, I'm sure I bought it, uh, <laughs> you know, like a Canadian tire or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. But it man. worked. Good and memory. I still, and I, I mean, I still use those big furry patterns and still work great on the Nipigon because there's lots of sculpting mm-hmm. and lots of right. big and furry and long works. So. Yeah. I love it. Nice. Yeah, good story. Awesome. Um, number four is why do you fly fish? What do you get out of fly fishing? Why do you keep going out fishing? Fly fishing, you know, I mean, I fish and always I do everything, but fly yeah. fishing to me is the most is the purest form of angling. Um, just the, you know, and it's not always graceful as we all know, you know, it's not always <laughs> river runs through it. You know, it's know. a lot of times, you know, you're wrapping fly line around your head and, um, or another, or each other's heads. Lots of, lots, or, yeah. you know, yeah. Or hooking yourself in the back of the head, but there's just something about it that is more, more memorable when I mm-hmm. catch a fish on a fly than in any other way, you know, like if I catch yeah. a steelhead on a fly for whatever reason, it always feels more memorable. And just, mm-hmm. um, I don't even know why. And I've been yeah, fly fishing my whole life. I've been fly fishing since I was 10 years old. Yeah. I had a, like a old Fenwick, um, fiberglass rod and a Martin reel and <laughs> uh, thing, you know, the real weight about 14 pounds, you know, it was whole thing was all lot, you know, it was horrible, but that's what I used. And, um, and I think I got my, my grandfather had one of those, uh, uh, they were like, you, you'd, you, I can't even, I don't even know what they were. It was almost like a, a spring coiled uh, fly reel that would suck the fly line in when you uh, lifted it oh, like a trigger. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even know um, if they sell them anymore, but I had that for a while. I was they awful. were called. Um, uh, I'll, I'll get the name. Yeah, like automatic I can't fly reels. Yeah, yeah, automatic fly reel. I had one of those for a while too. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's all the same. Like you just throw in your line out yeah. with a with a fly, and yep. uh, and then you know seeing the other thing is I don't do a ton of dry fishing just because there's not a lot. Yeah. On the Nipigon, there is some, but there's something about also a big fish taking a dry fly. That's yeah. so exciting, oh, yeah. you know, and, uh, yeah. and, and the one time I did get a big brookie on a, on a dry, uh, I'd seen it boiling it was in the river and I was, uh, I had a, like a seven weight, uh, sage and I was throwing this big stimulator and I couldn't quite reach it. And I was just trying to get, you know, it was right up to, right up to the top of the waders. And I finally got the fly out and it just went down. I just saw this brook trout literally jump out of the water onto the fly and it was, yeah a huge brook trout and i'll never forget that it was just like the most exciting thing it's just so just something about fly fishing that is just a little more exquisite somehow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 
Totally. I think they are just called automatic flywheels. Sorry, go back to that. Yeah, they I think they are too. They had a handle um, on them. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You squeeze the handle. And yeah, it squeeze it, and all the, it would it'd be like when you you know press the thing on your vacuum <laughs> and the cord goes in. Yeah. It's the same basic idea. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, match. Yeah, uh, ma- yeah, worked at a few. Max catch automatic flywheel. Yeah, pretty yeah. Much. I think Fluke Fluger made one. Yeah, people had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think the one I had was like metallic green or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kind of a funny concept. It'd be hard to, I don't know. I feel like it would be hard to. I'm not sure why they, you know, it, it's kind of a weird thing when you look back at that, yeah. but uh, that's what I used for a while. That was my next step. And it was yeah. a funny concept. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Number five, the Mitch's Fishies five is what fly pattern represents you best and why? If you were a fly, <clears throat> what would you be? It well, be an really, existing pattern. I really want to say sex dungeon. Uh, <laughs> 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 that one's taken. Leaving it there. <laughs> Great fly. Great fly. Which Great is fly. a fantastic fly on the Nipigon River. I bet. Um, that. Yeah. It really is in all its permutations. Yeah. But um, probably a muddler. Um, yep. The muddler was developed on the Nipigon River. This is an interesting story. There was a guy named Don Gapen who had a lodge on the Nipigon River and the lodge is still there although now it's uh, it's not in it's not being used as a lodge but Don Gapen developed the muddler minnow on the banks of the Nipigon River in the 50s to represent a sculpin because there's wow. just scads of sculpin in the Nipigon River and so all the muddlers in all the different designs came from that original muddler minnow from the Nipigon River so I'm gonna That's I'm gonna crazy. go with uh, I'm gonna go with the muddler minnow. That's probably I had no idea the muddler came from that region. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, neither yeah, did I. it's uh, it's, it's like kind a... of a it's kind of a cool story. And for for years, his son Dan Gapen, and I think they still do. Uh, there's Gapen's tackle sold yeah. muddler minnows. Wow. And, uh, Jeez. You know, yeah. So I'm I'm a, I'm a muddler nice. guy. Although you know, like love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the flies I use are generally much larger than you know your typical muddler mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. a lot of them are sort of muddler-esque <laughs> you know like matuka sculpins yeah. and all that stuff but yeah i mean the basic pattern is primarily what i use yeah, yeah. it's funny hey, brook trout and and, yeah. and muddlers we were um we take a trip down in tomogamy in the lady evelyn river mm. oh, yeah. you know we've got all of our fun fancy fl- new f- streamers and whatnot and they're not really producing as much as we want to and i'm just like looking at my box i'm like i don't know put on a muddler minnow and catch the biggest yeah. fish of the trip and i'm like oh the muddler again it, it, yeah no it's it's <laughs> one of those flies that to go to you know and yeah uh you know i mean sometimes it looks a little plain jane compared to everything else but sometimes plain jane works yeah oh yeah, yeah. i mean for sure but it's cool that there's a little bit of a canadian uh, history to the yeah, muddler minnow crazy. seeing yeah. as how much i use it for a brook trout you know well, and also from your region too, yeah. you can own that pattern, man. Like you are the you are the muddler. It yeah, it's uh, northwestern <laughs> Ontario is muddler country. <laughs> Love it. I do like it. I'm gonna tell Gab that. I can't sticker, wait to tell man. Gab that's that. a great bumper sticker. <laughs> muddler country. <laughs> muddler country. You, you, yeah, You're welcome to muddler country. country. <laughs> or just on the Thunder yeah. Bay sign, you know. I don't know if you if you know, but Gab was um, was you know one of the. Form, former former co-host, co-host, thank you, Aldo. And he swears by the muddler. He loves brookies and swears by the muddler. And yeah, he's from Quebec. He's from Quebec. He's from Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Like, uh, yeah. and the circle goes in, you know, around and around, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 That's great. That's great. 
Okay. Gord, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Honestly, it's yeah. been really fun chatting and uh, um, can't wait to go fishing. Oh, my God, I'm just sitting in my room now looking at the snow. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, your, worst. your wealth of knowledge is <laughs> well, amazing and I hope you guide us. <laughs> well, it's, it's my pleasure. I really I love talking about fishing and um, have me back anytime. Yeah. Oh, 100%. yeah, for sure. Thanks, hey, buddy. Uh, Thank Gord, so this is like uh, your shameless plug time. Where can people find your writing? Where can people find Ontario Out of Doors? Um, hire you as a guide. Hire you as a guide. Anything. Fo- like, yeah, sure. Okay. So, <laughs> so Ontario to Doors is, um, I mean, you can go to oodmag.com, I believe is the website. Um, mm-hmm. They're on Facebook and Instagram and all that. Um, great magazine. You know, like I was a reader long before I ever wrote for it. And, um, and they, I, I, you know, like I really do think like Ray and, and, uh, the folks there do a great job of covering a lot of different ground in the magazine. You know, it's not just about one thing. It's covers, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to do to cover all the interests, but um, Ontario to Doors does a good job of that. Uh, as far as um, guiding, I do most of my guiding out of Quebec Lodge. So you can go to nipiganriveradventures.com. I mean, you can, people can contact me too. I'm on Instagram at Ellis Gord. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter, so you can contact me and I can, you know, hook you up. Um, I do have a lot of people contact me through social media. Uh, my website is not up right now because we're supposed to be making a new one. So you'll just have to go through social media for now. Um, cool. yeah, but I do, I do guide. I'm, I'm going to be pretty if the border opens and that's the other big question right now, um, yeah. is whether the border is going to open, it'll be a very busy year, but even so I do guide a lot of Canadians. I have many of my repeat customers are Canadian anglers who, uh, come from Southern Ontario to go brook trout fishing and Northern pike fishing. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, some of them just want to go for brookies. Some mm-hmm. want to mix it up. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I am, I am available for mm-hmm. hire as well so uh awesome. yeah. right on we'll feel, put links to feel that free in the show to notes people can feel free to contact absolutely yeah yeah we'll awesome. put links to the show notes and uh, you know i'm not knocking labrador or anything but you know if you're living in ontario you don't have to leave the province to go after a giant brook trout because you're in muddler yeah. country baby <laughs> muddler country gord thanks so much for coming on yeah man. thanks great guys to you, gord great to meet you Pleasure. thanks gord take, take care, care. Well, that was an awesome show gord's such a cool guy Man, I want to go fishing right now. Yeah, I mean... But I can't, because it's locked out of winter. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we definitely, 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 definitely need to go to Thunder Bay, even if if, if we can squeeze it in, even just for a weekend, um, because there are uh, some pretty quick flights up to uh, Thunder Bay. Uh, again, of course, depending on the COVID situation, obviously... But from coming from Toronto, like you can fly Porter right to Thunder Bay and then boom, you're in fucking brook trout country. How cool is that? No. Mother it is country. Cool. Uh, country. No pun intended is cold it is cold. That's <laughs> yeah, cold, know. eh? Polar vortex up in What's this. What's the pun? I don't What's know. What's the pun? Because he said it was it's cool up there, and I'm like, Yeah, it is cool. Oh, oh the operative word I should say. Oh what? what? Um if you haven't uh heard it yet from us we were in Ontario uh, out of doors magazine <laughs> yeah <laughs> keep talking about it i know but it's because we because we're so excited all those on the friggin cover 
Um, and then we've got a story <laughs> in there about Estagami Lodge. Oh, man, but don't forget, Yoma's also Yoma's the, a double the centerfold. He's the centerfold, which is like, not the first time, eh, Yoma? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we're super excited to uh, to be in the magazine. So pick it up. Pick up the digital copy if you, if you want on um, on the site. We'll put the link in the show notes. I'll just Google Ontario Out of Doors and you'll find their website. Um, or pick up the actual physical copy in uh, wherever yeah, you was, find magazines. Yeah, I was going to say like, the digital copy is cool, and I love all that stuff. But I mean, growing up reading magazines and fishing magazines to see see us and our work in in one is, I don't know, it's really cool. I still I like it's really cool to me. <laughs> well, especially like our home magazine, and like yeah. Yeah, I've been reading Ontario Door since I was a kid, so it is super cool because it's like, it's I don't know, it's, yeah, it's super exciting. It's really really fun. Thank you, Ontario mm-hmm. Doors, for uh, working you. with us. We're excited to be um, to be working with you guys and. Um, I uh, can't wait to keep doing more stuff with you. Check out yeah, the I mean, magazine, we've got, follow um, along. We've got an article coming in a few months with uh, about our good friends yes. at Elk, Elk Lake Wilderness, so that'll be nice yep. to get them a, a little feature. And, and obviously, Gord's work is in here. He's got an article. Gord's in there. Um, if you've got the February issue, there's an article about the cougars, <laughs> the, the cougar tangent. But he also has Check a great uh, two-page article on uh, sight fishing, sight fishing in, in streams, lakes, and, and whatnot. Yeah. You know, I was thinking yeah. was kind of interesting while we were talking. Like, What's that, baby? <laughs> the Great Lakes are such an interesting fishery. Like yeah, and I feel crazy. like not really like tapped into by fly anglers in the same kind of way that I just it's such a big body of water and we have so many tools at our at our disposal in terms of like watercraft, like whether it be watermasters pulling skiffs or certain mm-hmm. types of boats meant for fly kayaks. Fish, fly fishing. Like there's a there's a lot to be discovered in the mm-hmm. Great Lakes and, 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 and like I think like growing like a like if I could ever, let's put it this way: if I win the lottery, I'm buying a fl- I'm buying a polling skiff, and we're gonna use it in Lake Ontario. <laughs> be sick. Be- well, it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like it's it's like it's like fishing um, redfish in the flats of the Gulf of Mexico. You know, yeah. like you're on a huge body of water, but you stick to certain depths and stuff like that, and you can get into all kinds of fishing opportunities, right? Like he was talking mm-hmm. about, like what was it called? Black. Like, don't be scared of a big body of water. Yeah. What was it called? Like Black Bay Disrespected. or whatever. Black Bay. Yeah. yeah. Like shallow water fishing for giant pike and 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 bass and superior. I mean, Matt yeah. Martin stocking coast. stocking uh, giant carp and grass flats on in Georgian Bay. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. J- just here in town in Toronto, like there's massive pike just at the harbor front. Like yeah, like yeah. like I mean, don't be scared to fish a big body of water. Obviously, do it in a way that makes sense. Like you're not going to paddle safe. a board out into the middle of Superior and just start casting because you're not going <laughs> to catch anything and it's dangerous as hell. So, you know, but like, there's probably, yeah, there's probably tons of water around uh, certain bays and things like that you can fish. And I'm sure people do, but fly fishing, you're right. Yeah, 100%. I just think it's like this maybe a new frontier for, for us or for for the Ontario community or any any Great Lake community that like, you know. The Great Lakes yeah. are wild when you think about it. You know, yeah. like they're, when you look on the map, it's like they're huge and they're right around Ontario, like here. And, you know, you people talk about like, oh, the West Coast and the East Coast, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, we've got some big crazy fisheries around ontario you know like yeah. we've got some of the most unique mm-hmm. lakes on earth oceans. right here they're like yeah. oceans yeah. and yeah, um the great lakes that's what they're called the great lakes yeah you can see them from they're space then <laughs> their name come on yeah, what else we gotta space. do here yeah. yeah. um, um and also like i know there are guys in Mich- michigan like guides and fly shops that have purchased pulling skiffs and they and they do the they they go after carp like they are hunting after redfish which is super yeah. cool um so yeah i mean I just yeah. think there's like a huge, huge uh, to catch un- untapped fish. 
fishery. Totally. Like yeah, frontier. Totally. Let's call it a frontier. I'll call it a frontier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Frontier. Which is good. Maybe that's what the way people like it. Just, you know. Yeah. But um, go enjoy it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Go check it out. Explore. Also interesting about the Nipigon uh, catch and release program. I yeah, that's no, great. I had no idea. I had no idea. You don't hear about stories like that a lot in Ontario, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody adopting catch and release on a really big body of water and having huge success. That's great. Yeah, that's imagine great. if imagine if that was just like every steelheader down here was just like, yeah, let's just do that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like how many like how, like that must have a big impact. Yep. On the fishery, right? Like well, to Gord's point, like fish don't live that long relative to us, you know. So yeah. uh, a few, a few life, a few life cycles, you know. Yeah, like that slot. Like have one fish you can <clears> keep <throat> in a certain slot, and that's your, that's it. Like that's a good system. You can, you can keep the fish, sure. Eric but does it at Esnagami with the walleye, right? That's and the we, thing. Yeah, we all know what the kind of fishery. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're not saying not to keep fish. We're just yeah. saying maybe there's a better way at uh, the whole slot size. Because I've been seeing it. I've been following this because it's like you know sitting at home not doing anything i've been watching an ice fishing seasons on and i've been watching this guy on youtube i don't know if other people out there watch him his name's clayton chick shout out clayton chick <laughs> um, and he's just this he's this really he's nice funny. guy on youtube that yeah. ice fishes and uh he's in um like kind of northern manitoba and um they have some they have some like decent regs up there from what i've been seeing like in terms of fish you can keep and all that um the fish he catches are insane like mm-hmm. crazy fish man like just the nicest lakers and walleye i've ever seen Mm-hmm. And he um, documents the whole thing. Yeah, he does as a yeah. YouTuber. <laughs> but it's just nice to see, you know, maybe there are better ways at uh, slot size and keep kept keeping fish and all that stuff, you know. But it's cool, like you say. Big body water, yeah. everybody adopting that. Yeah. Like, crazy that happened in, on the Nipigon. It's like, oh, wow, everybody's just in agreement. It's like, okay, we're going to do that. Like, that's great. Collective, you know, passion and care. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, thanks, Gord, for coming on. Oh yeah, what would you? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. No. This. Uh, uh, this. I, I don't know why I'm saying this, but you can cut it out. Just maybe flag like, it. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to cut anything out. Yeah. No, because you, you, your internet cut out. But I'm assuming that on your end oh. it's being recorded. So I'm probably on my end it's being recorded yeah. because we're on a new recording su- system. So hopefully everybody's enjoying the audio quality. Oh yeah. We're on a new platform called Riverside, which is kind of uh, aptly named. Yeah. I mean, how, how awesome that a podcast app is called, called Riverside, Riverside for us. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's great. Yeah. So this is our first. This will be our first better. episode with uh, with the new the tech, new and this is how we're yeah. going to go moving forward, mm-hmm. which is great because we can use our super cool microphones because we're never yeah. going to get back in a studio ever again. Ever it seems. again. Yeah. <laughs> hey. 100%. So on that note, um, I don't know. Although if it even matters, but if you want to match with us, I can grab your headphones because I got to grab that oh, out yeah. of doors magazine. Kind of fun, yeah. I'll, so. We can figure that out. Yeah. Um, well, one last thing about the magazine is, guys, you can win a trip to Esnagami. You want to win yes. this trip. Yeah. You want to win this trip. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a trip so you want to win. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. A, a week at Esnagami Lodge for free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want to yeah. win that. <laughs> so go go find, go find Google Ontario of Doors. Go to their website. Click the show notes on our Podbean cast, whatever. We'll post about it. It's actually the link to it's on our Instagram in our bio. You can just click that, and it'll take you to where you need to enter. Because you can win a trip to Snagami Lodge, and you can go meet Eric, and you can go fish the ridiculous fishery that he has up there. And um, have and a blast. Uh, so oh hey, we're going back out. there this year. So uh, if if uh, yeah. if you get to pick your dates, oh yeah, come up with come us. up with hey. us. That'd be fun. <laughs> that might be fun. We'll have some we'll have some beers or some whatever whiskey. Some, some forty some beers. Creeks, you can like. hear our shitty jokes in real time. Or and if you prefer uh, a bottle of wine, we can have some wine. <laughs> Whatever you wish. 
Um, <laughs> it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, what else do we have to say? I have something to say. At the beginning of the interview, I I got a massive nosebleed. I don't know if anybody noticed. Really? That. I didn't notice the blood. I just thought what? you were dabbing your little nostril. I was like, I was like, I was like, my I didn't notice at all. I was like, I, my my left nostril was starting to leak. I was like, I'm like, I have the sniffles, and then I looked at my hand, and it was just blood. I was like, dry Uh-oh. air, man. It's, it's so dry, dry in my apartment. Oh my god. Do you have radiators? Uh yes. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Dried up, dried up newt over here. Can barely move. Yeah, it's awful, eh, Elma? Mm-hmm. Sorry, my mom. Was mess- <laughs> my mom was messaging me. Sorry, she just wants to know. <laughs> well, it's Valentine's Day. I mean, my mom happy just messaged Valentine's me Day. with a big old happy Valentine's Day. So I get that, man. Yeah, cute and fun. Can you tell her, mm-hmm. Elma, that I Yelma. say Happy Valentine's Day because I love your mom? Okay, I'm doing it right now. Yeah, and like we haven't met, but like tell the same for me. Like well, I, one of like- my. We had a great time in Tobago together, like having dinner with you and your your mom and your dad, and you know that was an awesome time. Yeah, that awesome was time. good. She she's she's a good lady. There you go. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Gord, thanks for coming on the show. Um, shout out to Elma's mom. <laughs> and um, all those does have a good one. You know, stay safe and check out all the links, all the things. Go to Ontario Doors Winter Trip. Meet us up there. It'll be fun. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and uh, check out Gord's writing and and, and his, his writing. Men, uh, like 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 we said, he's a he's a journalist. You can find him on CBC yep. as well. So he's got a wealth of knowledge, clearly. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, great memory. He's like pulling dates and names. I'm I like, know. geez, I don't remember. <coughs> Barely remember like yesterday. You know, like, <laughs> Jesus. I know. That's um, not true. But you yeah, a good memory. I don't. Mitch, I have a terrible Mitch memory. Mitch was like, oh, a terrible memory. Oh. Like, I don't even, like, like Brad, honestly. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you sound insane. <laughs> like. um, but everybody, thanks for listening, and I uh, hope you uh, take care. That's it from uh, me, Mitch Aldo. Bye, everybody. Yelma. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. <laughs> you can find all of SoFly's content at SoFly.ca. On Instagram, we're at the SoFly crew. You can reach us at thesofflycrew at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns. On Facebook, we're SoFly, and our podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify.